1: Wherever podcasts are available. Beyond and hello, everyone. My name is Jonathan Dorbush, and this is Podcast Beyond, episode 629 of IGN's weekly PlayStation show. And boy, howdy, do we have some breaking news to talk to you about, as well as some sort of, but not really, but kind of PlayStation 5 news. Uh, joining me this week for episode 629 is Max Scoville. Howdy-do. did How do partner. <laughs> Don't know
0: where that came from.
1: It's fine. It's the middle of the afternoon. Lucy O'Brien is also Hello. here. Hello. Welcome back, Lucy. Thank you. It's good to be back. It's good to have you here. And Brian Altano. Yippee-ki-yay. <laughs> <laughs> this is a Western-themed one, because we will have some Red Dead Redemption-related news coming up later in the show.
2: Very tangential. Yes.
1: Uh, uh, but before we get there, first, wanted to read a comment of the week. This comes from last week's episode about the werewolves. Uh, but, of course, we also talked about Bloodborne because that's what we talk about every week on the show. Which has werewolves, lots of them. I'll find out maybe someday. Uh Carnage Incarnate, during the episode that uh, they were watching on YouTube, wrote, can Max and Brian please do a Bloodborne full Let's Play? And then edited that comment to say, edit, no. Max, Brian, and Jonathan playing Bloodborne in a full prepare-to-try style setup. And I think, given the love of Bloodborne from the three of you and my interest in maybe finally cracking that nut, if you want to see something like that, let us know.
0: Yes. I'm just going to point out that I have not... Personally, finished the game in its entirety by myself in my free time for fun. So to do a full Let's Play on the schedules Would of two other lot. people is just kind of an undertaking. But, but just putting that out there, I'm, I'm, it,
2: I I'm very, just, very, very keen, and I'm especially very keen to usher you through the first 20 minutes, which I think. Possibly took me around five hours to Perfect. actually get through. Great. So
3: uh, I will point out I just whooped that game's ass in six days flat, and I'm on a new game plus and crushing through the DLC on a harder difficulty we'll get level there. right now. we we'll so I'm there. ready to mentor you, and I want to play Bloodborne and get paid by work to do You've it. You've
0: given up on me. I'm like, I did it. I beat
1: the no! horse. And you're like,
3: that's
0: that's nice. I need a new, <laughs>
1: <a> new
0: protege.
1: <laughs> um, so if you want to see that, comment on this episode later. I beat now. the horse. <laughs> We'll get to the is horse. the <laughs> wet horse is half bloodborne. Uh, also, before we get in, uh, obviously we can't speak to it because we didn't uh, have this coverage firsthand, but again, I want to shout out this week if you haven't yet seen it since the game launches next week, next Friday, the February 14th, uh, on IGN.com and youtube.com slash IGN, the UK team of IGN did some amazing more preview stuff, including a look at, at Dreams's Dreams' campaign mode, which we've heard about a bit before. Uh, but they got an in depth look and we have some gameplay up of what that campaign actually Looks like now as the game is coming to its final release. And we also debuted the news uh, that Media Molecule shared that early access owners who have dreams currently can jump into the game early. It officially releases on February 14th, but if you bought the early access version, you can start playing on February 11th so you don't have to cancel your Valentine's Day plans to watch the Sonic movie.
0: I like how like early access owners are like they're making remaking Metal Gear Solid in there, and they're like, but great news, you can check out the full game. It's like, they're already doing it. They're, they're doing quite that. a lot,
1: yeah. But they'll be able to play does, that campaign early.
0: Does early access like still function currently?
1: Yeah, people are still making stuff okay. all the time. So That would the, be,
0: that'd be messed up if they were like, early access is over. You cannot play it until it is out. <laughs> but you can play it early, even though you're already playing it. It's like,
1: It'd be a little confusing, yeah. Basically, it'll just be the that full version. There's sort of a creator's patch update that will go up.
3: Um, I, I really you know, love mode. how uh, just sort of creative and, 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 and I, 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 like selfless all of this is. Yeah. In that like most early access games are like, you greedily get to play six hours of a game by yourself with the lights out, which is what I try to do, right? But this is like, if they get there early, they're going to make a bunch of stuff that we're all going to get to experience on day one. And I, I love that community for that. Yeah, Yeah. Once it's- again, shout out to the Dreams community for being, I think... The Video game Community of the Year. I'm just going to call them that right now. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. Um, we're, you're competing we're with some truly toxic Maybe ones. Maybe the decade. But you're kicking ass. Yeah. Seriously. Given that really the game's
1: good. been in production for a decade, that would be accurate. Yeah. Um,
2: yeah. And we've got some, like, we're spitting out some good content around Dreams. Like, yes. I'm very excited for what we're doing internally as well. Like, there's so much that you can do
1: with that game. Yeah, and we'll definitely be talking about it more, especially next launch week and in the weeks to come after that, uh, to the team making Pig Detective and Pig Detective 2. Yes, or is it Frog Detective? No, I can't it's remember. Detective. It's, pig, it's detective. pig Detective. Thank you. It's been a long week. It's a prawn's journey. I just threw that idea out there. Oh, like, I like that. Make that in okay. dreams. right? Let us
3: know. Um, Please don't support Frog, detective. That, is, Frog um, detective. that is a That was actually, I think that was a an Ouya game. Yeah, I, really? b- I would move yeah, that. Yeah, pretty sure.
1: Um, before we move off the Dreams uh, discussion, though, I do want to show, and maybe this will work. I don't know, Red. I'm going to the laptop for a second. Uh, I just want to show Dan Cool, who we've shouted out from the Facebook Beyond group. He made the banner this week uh, for Dream. He made the banner in Dreams for the Facebook group, uh, this futuristic sci-fi setting. It has the Dornbush Tavern delayed ink and says Beyond on there. It looks awesome. He made this himself again. Check out Dan's work in Dreams. Uh, we debuted his PS5 concept and everything pretty awesome. That's great. Uh, but from there, I thought we could move on. There's a bit we should talk about. Actually, news-wise, the first thing I want to talk about is naturally, of course, this happened the day after we recorded this episode, but last week, uh, PlayStation announced, and I believe they're available now, the PlayStation Plus games for February, which includes Bioshock, the collection, so you get Bioshock 1, 2, Infinite, and all of their DLC. Uh, in addition to that, The Sims 4 is available as a free PlayStation Plus game, and Firewall Zero Hour, which is a PSVR exclusive, uh, you can also download for free as part of PlayStation Plus Uh, and part of that the new season of Firewall they do you know multiplayer games have seasons now these days it's wild the internet uh, their new season kicks off this month so if you're jumping in it's a pretty good fresh starting point to jump into that game
3: um, uh, Firewall super fun yes Um, also the guys making it are and girls are phenomenal people yes i've I've got to meet meet with them and work with them a couple times and they're just they're they super super care about vr like this is not just like a team of people that were just like let's make a half-ass thing on a platform so we can make some money like these people legit care about vr it's amazing that they make a game because you have to actually get out of vr to make a game (laughs) and they did that I think Uh, otherwise they would like to live there. But
1: you can really tell as well. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's the difference. The support that uh, First Contact Entertainment, the developers have been giving to Firewall since its launch, has been really awesome to see. And I think it is one of the most tense, fun PSVR experiences I've had. Max and I previewed it before the game came out, and then I've played a bit since. And it's a really, really great adaptation of a standard, you know, multiplayer first-person shooter deathmatch, but in VR, without sacrificing that experience. Um, so play those games. Bioshock, obviously, if you haven't played those games, we talked about I, it last I week. I never
3: played Minerva's Den, so I'm really excited to play that. I, it, I heard from for ages that it's the best DLC ever made. I'm a
1: huge Bioshock fan. and I've never played it either. I like to so think that we, uh, it.
0: With, by the same bad magic that we used to accidentally jinx Cyberpunk to being delayed, we also got the Bioshock collection on PlayStation yeah. Plus. <laughs> by by mentioning Bioshock. So that's a cold comfort. I haven't actually
2: played the original Bioshock since it came out. So I'm interested to see if it still feels as good as it did, does in my actually, memory. It's
0: gotten way worse down there. Oh, it's real oh, wet. No. The, all those people doing bad New Year's Eve stuff. How are the terrible. horses? They, they, they never got them down. They only oh, seahorses down there, my shame. friend. So
3: the thing is, I really like Bioshock 2. I mean, I love the first one, but I really like Bioshock 2. Um, 2
1: is better than I think history likes to
3: pretend. Yeah, and so the thing is with that is at the time, it felt too samey. But we haven't had a new Bioshock game in so long that I think revisiting it or playing it for the first time, uh, it's going to reveal that there's a lot of cool stuff going on yeah. there. There's a lot of really good art direction, a lot of great character designs. Yeah, there's
1: some great gameplays. Um,
3: there's multiple endings to that game, and some of them are, like, awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, give that
1: one a shot. Yeah, that trilogy, obviously, there's we're a little bit away from some of the biggest... Uh, game releases of this year. The Bioshock Collection and The Sims and Firewall are pretty great ways to start this year. And with Firewall being part of the PS Plus lineup this month, I just want to say, Sony, please, please include a PSVR game every month for yes. PlayStation Plus. It is such an easy way to get people into wanting a PSVR if they don't own one and giving PSVR owners a, a reason to continue
3: We it. We've been pretty vocal on the show when we don't like PlayStation Plus's offerings of the month uh, and I want to go on record and say that this month kicks ass Yeah, and good job Sony and more like this please.
1: This is a great month. Yeah, absolutely. There, That's our official recommendation. <laughs> uh, moving off of that I did want don't to mention Don't screw up. <laughs> uh, We're watching you. <laughs> I did want to mention briefly especially to get your input on it Lucy mm-hmm. the uh, Final Fantasy 7 remake trailer that came out last. Week mm. uh, after we recorded the show, uh, we did for reference there is a huge deep dive on ign.com that uh, Tom Marks, Beaumont, a bunch of people on staff contributed to picking out every small little detail because this is a like packed four or five minute trailer. It's yeah. not a small look at this game. Yeah, and you, as someone who I know you love Red 13,
2: love Red 13. So, how did
1: you feel about seeing Red 13? I
2: like loved seeing Red 13. Uh, I really, really liked the trailer. I've I, there were a few people sort of Tweeting at me, um, saying that they thought the voice acting was a bit, bleh, and it's like, I get that, I do get that. It, it is a little jarring, um, but for me, it, the, the voice acting that they've got fits very, very perfectly in that world. And that trailer, like, listen, it was a little camp. It was a little, it was a little gay. Like, and I, you know, it's, it's not that I, I'm not saying it was, it was, it was homosexual. It was just, it had a camp tone to it. I mean, of Mm -hmm. course they were showing the bit where where Cloud has to cross-dress and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, um... It, it had a it's got a kind of frivolous mood to it, uh, as well as showing off some of the more, you know, exciting uh, combat and stuff like that. But like I really liked that they showed the sort of light side to Final Fantasy Seven because it is kind of a bizarre game at times. It's a very bizarre game at times. And and I think pe- people have forgotten that as time has gone on. Yeah. And it is it is it is weird. And the voice acting is gonna be a little bit heightened and and, and odd. And I really like that. I'm really mm-hmm. excited for it. I, I feel like the tone is right i would have been i would have been a little disappointed if they got rid of all that crazy stupid ridiculous stuff and just made it very gritty
0: so we're talking about uh, the mulan movie the live action one that's coming out right where they got rid of the musical numbers and the talking dragon and i feel like for a second it was kind of looking at the ff7 stuff and i'm like well they certainly made it realistic and serious and took out the, the anime side of it but then they're like, no, nah, just kidding. Here's the yellow animal chickens that ride around on the other big chick or the little, you know, the Moogles, and, Moogles the on the- yeah. and, whatnot, yeah, and the Chocobos and whatnot. Talking yeah. dog and the, you know.
3: I think you could have a wizard g- boyfriend or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I think you could have a game that's like, that's, tonally dark and has moments where there's despair and there's heartbreak but there's it's also a 90s sort of like campy fun video game um I actually have no problem with any of that at all like I watching that and seeing the voice acting like turned up a little Mm -hmm. bit I was like yeah this this is actually I'm more enticed by this than I am if this was just like 90 hours of just like wet sadness serious yeah yeah Yeah,
2: and of course there is that that, um there is that other side to it too, but it is—it is, it is a game of extremes. It's a game where you've got you know a very melancholy, menacing, beautiful villain, and you've also got like mini games that you play inside a theme park, you know, and chocobo racing and all that sort of stuff. And it's—it's—it's it's, it's so it's—it's a—it's a game of contrast, and I'm really excited to see that they're leaning into that.
1: Right. Yeah, this trailer really felt like sort of leaning into those extremes. Like this felt excessive, but in a way that made me, as someone who hasn't really delved into ff7 beyond characters and kingdom hearts like this made me interested in playing this game a lot more
3: there's that there's that uh thing we see a lot in like the fine art world where they go to sort of like uh refinish or restructure or just uh, resurrect a painting that's been eroded through time and then you get that like weird chimpanzee face man and like a bunch of other stuff like it that happens right there were there were moments in the shadow of the classes hd remake where people were kind of like oh you guys went you went too detailed and this went too far. And I don't really feel like that's happening here based on like the original character models and watching them scale up and the voice acting watching them scale up. I'm, I'm like poking around in FF7 now, the original one, because I got it for like seven or eight bucks on Switch. And I'll play like an hour here and there. And I'm, I'm sort of like watching, getting to certain parts of that and then seeing little parts of that in the trailer. I'm, I'm like, oh, they're scaling this properly. Yeah. You know, and there's definitely ways to screw that up, right? Um, and I don't think... That's what they're doing.
2: Yeah, it could yeah. have gone very Deviantati and it didn't.
1: Yes. yes, yeah. It it seems to be straddling that line very well mm. and I'm excited to see the full experience uh, in April. We're pretty close to that. It's a... PS4 exclusive for a year. So yeah, we'll be talking about that game plenty uh, as we go further into the year. Switching uh, to a totally different franchise and developer and publisher, uh, we wanted to mention some breaking news that happened just before, literally like a minute before we got into the show, which is that uh, Dan Hauser from Rockstar will officially be leaving. Uh, Take-Two Interactive announced as part of their uh, disclosures for their quarterly earnings, Uh, Dan Hauser, Vice President Creative at Rockstar Games, will be leaving the company on March 11th of this year. Uh, Their statement continued on to say we're extremely grateful for his contributions, etc. It made no mention of, are they brothers? Yeah. Okay, his brother, uh, whose name I'm forgetting. Sam, Sam. Sam, thank you. I had it down, and then as soon as we started (laughs) the show, I forgot it. Uh, No mention of Sam's uh, continuation or also leaving, but uh, my assumption is he'll probably be taking the figurehead position for now until they figure out a different way forward for the studio. But uh, what do you all think of such a major figure from Rockstar leaving? Uh, Dan's been heavily involved in the GTA series, Red Dead, uh, all some of their smaller series as well. Um, I think ultimately, like, I'm not
2: super surprised. It's it's big news for sure. But um, from my understanding of the way that the Howser brothers work is they kind of – They have to say yes or no to everything. Like that's the way that they work from a top level. Everything is ultimately approved by the Hauser brothers uh, from, you know, the littlest piece of marketing to to huge, you know, gameplay changes. Uh, And I can only imagine that you would eventually have enough. You'd just be, okay, you know, I actually need to take my – fingers and toes and elbows out of all of these pies and actually step away and and do something different because, uh, I mean, again, this is just speculation on my part, but it's just, it, I don't think that's necessarily sustainable.
3: Yeah, no, totally. And it's also um, the project lead times on the stuff that Rockstar does is, you know, five to 10 years. These have long tail, like long shelf lives forever. They become some of the best selling games of all time. But it feels like we're years and years away from a GTA six and they're probably looking at this being, or he's looking at this being like, do I want to get on board for like a whole nother half a decade cycle? Or do I do want to leave on top. Like we saw the MPD stuff come in and like uh, two of the best selling games of last year were rockstar games. Yeah.
1: Red like, yeah. Dead has been the best selling game of the last four years. I believe they yep. said, and GTA five is the best selling game of the last decade.
3: Yeah. So, oh, it, so. one of the th- what three or four best selling games of all time, yeah. not including like pack-in stuff that came with every system. Like, you know, tetris and Wii sports and stuff um that's a good place to leave like that's not that's not him being like oh i'm gonna stick around for two or three more call of duties this annualized cycle franchise it's him being like i'm leaving after like we've made some of the biggest and most important and most financially successful open world video games of all time
2: yeah and again this is just speculation there may be a million reasons why, why he chose to leave but uh just written down on paper it makes a huge amount of sense to me
1: uh, do we think this will at all change how Rockstar operates going forward? Obviously, we don't know the exact inner workings of everything at Rockstar. but in the, I don't
0: think we know any inner workings for, of no, anything at Rockstar. Well,
1: I, I mean based on reports and the things that like Lucy was alluding to of the two of them being very hands-on and involved. And obviously, right. like the, they were writers on a lot of these games. They were heavily involved in the creative aspects of these games. It's, assuming Sam takes on most of the responsibility leading the company, do we think we'll see... Any sort of change in the way they operate?
2: I doubt we'll suddenly see leadership by committee. Yeah. I think it will especially if Sam sticks around. Yeah. I think will someone else will will step in into Dan's spot. That's that's how I would imagine it would work. Uh just because Rockstar has never been a company, it's it's very it keeps those yeah. two at the top and everyone else
1: is under them. The secret third Hauser brother steps in for him. Like the third. (laughs) The Hugo of Bart Simpson. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, as far as we know, we really don't know what the implications of this will be for Rockstar going forward. Uh, Obviously, we'll keep up to date. I believe we reached out to Rockstar and they had no additional comment on the story so far. So we'll wait to hear if there's anything more. Uh, But as we go into a new generation, they're pretty quiet. Obviously, they're coming off, like you were saying, the success of Red Dead and GTA 5. Whether that's GTA 6 or, hey, GTA 5 is coming to PS5 and Series X, we'll see what they want to do.
3: Yeah, I mean, we had heard rumors of, like, GTA 5 story DLC for a while, but then online took off to a point of no return. And I was worried for a second there that we would never get a a sort of big narrative thing from them again. And then they shipped Red Dead, which has, like, a a 30-hour, 40, 50-hour story or whatever, depending on how many, you know— old houses you want to poke (laughs) around in uh and so i'm confident that there will be a full-fledged story for for gta 6 um just thinking about what that could be like on next gen is incredibly exciting yeah yeah
2: Yeah, but also just like again just going back to a leadership sort of uh, thinking uh rockstar's whole thing is is quality over quantity and and regardless of whether it's employees uh think that the, the way it's it's led works for them, I I can't say, I don't know. Um, we can, as, as consumers, we can safely say that it does work for us. <laughs> the yeah. games that they have shipped have been universally just
1: masterpieces of quality. Yeah, um, especially this generation. It, it's been the longest gap, I think, between Rockstar Games in general because they did develop smaller games like Table Tennis and even Bully to a certain extent, but... They're, That's strange anomaly. Yeah, table tennis. Uh, but no,
3: they shipped they shipped one game this generation, yep. which is completely undermining all the work they've done. Because of course, GTA yeah. Online has enough put into it on an annual basis to be f- five other games. And cool.
1: now they're updating Red Dead Online constantly right. as well. So yeah, right. it's, it's not as if those teams are quiet in between now. But mm-hmm. Their flagship releases have taken on a different form, but obviously not to any sort of failure.
0: I guess my takeaway from this is that GTA Six I feel like is further away than we might have expected which is i mean we're kind of assuming that it's pretty far off anyway um the thing i've always sort of heard about rockstar it's all it's all kind of whispers and rumors because they are like notoriously kind of like closed doors and very very cryptic about stuff but uh i've heard that they've always done a really good job of keeping the same teams involved with each individual project which is sort of how you maintain that level of quality uh and i can't help but wonder if given how many how many of the games that dan hauser's been attached to uh if he just maybe was just kind of like okay this is this is in good hands. Like, everyone I've worked with is, is kind of... If enough people have, have been around, you know, around the block a few times, yeah. that he's like, okay, here's a... You know, maybe even here's a treatment for GTA 6. Like, here's here's a good direction to go with Just this. a couple of
2: light like, scribbles yeah. on a napkin,
0: yeah. Yeah. Cars, question mark? <laughs> Cops Crime? Cops, <people> bad? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm... I, I really, you know, I want to see more single-player stuff. And I know that, you know, I think, you know, Red Dead 2 was a, was a kind of example of that. But it's also, like, that's... That's, it's hard to not call that a magnum opus, you know, especially for if Dan's like, "Oh yeah, this is one one last one one last job, one last hurrah," and then I'm riding off into the sunset, partner. Yeah, and then I don't know, does you know, does the new team take over? Does his, you know, does his brother pick up the reins, so to speak?
3: Yeah, stop doing
0: that. Giddy up and yeehaw,
1: buckaroos. <laughs> it's, it's technically my fault. I opened the show that way. Uh, I do want to ask quickly because I just, yeah, it came to me as a thought. Um, Cause I made the joke about GTA five being ported to maybe to next gen before GTA six comes out. Do we assume, or do we think they might bring GTA online to next gen consoles with GTA five or would they do it on its own because of how successful GTA online is? I mean, I think that's the question for
2: so many ongoing games, right? Yeah. Like what do they do about next? Gen? What do they do about next gen? Yeah. Like there's a massive question mark over that right now. Yeah. Uh, do they just rely on their already massive player base to just keep playing?
3: Right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like we've been talking, we've been theorizing about this for a while ever since we got the sort of cryptic quote about backwards compatibility from Sony. But I'll say it again: um, if Sony decides that all of their PlayStation exclusives from PS4 just work perfectly fine on PS5, that's great, great news. But I think a lot of third parties are going to be like. That's cool, but how do we make sixty new dollars? Yeah, like how do I get sixty new dollars out of some guy who will totally give it to me?
1: Costumes, because I bought a costume in Fortnite this week that looks like a Megazord, and it was well worth it.
0: It's like it actually yeah. looks like an official Megazord, or no, like it's like a
1: knockoff Megazord. Megazord, yeah. it's okay. like a, a bear head. Uh, yeah,
0: not,
3: fine.
1: It, it's not bad.
3: I bought I bought I bought Jordan ones in Fortnite. Yeah. This is where we are. Yeah. You know, this is a dark timeline.
4: and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Anyway, moving on from that, I uh, did want to get back to PlayStation-focused only news. Uh, small thing first to bring up. Uh, unsurprisingly, The Last of Us Part Two got an M rating. What? I don't think any of us are shocked that it's well, is e10 be
0: spending my money on that. Fair enough. Family friendly gamer only. <laughs> are you
1: kidding me? <laughs> yeah, m for nudity and drug use. What? Yeah. So this, <laughs> is, this oh, is actually This is Joel's whole shoulder. naked
3: drug use. You could naked burn yourself. <laughs> Sorry, just to we. I
0: think we we started writing this down before we dug into this further, but this is actually old news. I don't know if yeah, there was it's like a little a, bit a all new posting th- that went their, on the SRB their site. website
1: updated because there's actually not even an ERB listing properly for it, mm. but the the Naughty Dog website now lists what got it the Emery. Oh, rate. okay, you so it's nudity and drug use. Yeah,
3: that you can was, now see both cheeks of the butt.
0: <laughs> that was actually at the top of the release date trailer, which also had a yeah. It had the disembowelment and it had like a butt naked clicker in it. So they kind of already shown us this. Yeah, we're all speculating what kind of drug use. Yeah. Cigarettes. Well, for
2: anyone concerned that it might be banned in Australia, uh, it probably won't be because drug use is very specifically when it, uh, people, developers make drugs a reward in the game. Oh. So it's very, it's very, because a lot of people are like, oh, drug use. Oh, God, it's going to be banned in Australia. Now, it's not going to be banned in Australia unless like Ellie, you know, shoots up heroin and you get 10 XP or something. Gotcha.
3: Oh. So like
1: kill 20 clickers. Here's a cigarette. Yeah. But,
3: but if three, she yeah. has like a really hard day, which she definitely will. And she smokes some a little of the the devil's lettuce at the end of the night. <laughs> isn't that technically a, a reward? I
2: think I think that's uh, you get some artistic license in that okay. regard. That's a yeah.
1: narrative reward.
2: What? Not so it's a narrative reward. Yeah. yeah.
3: What's an exa- What's an example of a game that got banned in Australia because drugs are a reward? I'm totally not going to think out of three. one. Um <laughs> All out three. That makes
2: sense. There were like, uh, p- please please tweet at me because my brain is suddenly you... suddenly frozen. But there are plenty of games like where you get drugs. And like it makes you go faster, and then you're like, it's like GTA Five. You can a
3: smoke peyote or whatever, eat it. I don't know how you shoot it up. I don't do peyote. Sorry, <laughs> um, and become like an animal, which is a reward. See, I think I
2: think I think from from my understanding, Rockstar are very good at and. and at, Ooh, little sidestep, yeah. little sidestep around these uh these particular issues. Well, um, but the the, but there are a few games that yeah you do get like sort of it is very heavily implied that it, that it's a drug like not a power up. Oh. Okay. Right. Uh, and therefore they always
1: struggle when it comes to the Australian rating, ratings board. Yeah, interesting.
3: It mm-hmm. is interesting.
1: Well, we'll have to find out in May whether or not you can play The Last of Us in Australia. If you're listening, I think it's gonna be play. reefer.
0: I had a hunch Ooh. ever since I saw that acoustic guitar in that first, the first trailer. Those two
3: do go hand in hand.
0: That's, that's folk music, <laughs> my friend. They're going to do a doobie.
3: Yep. <laughs> that's a gateway drug. Is at every party, it's like a joint, and then the acoustic guitar materializes out of thin air.
1: Someone there. plays Wonderwall. Yep, Hop. my friend. All of my uh, roommates in college only played Wonderwall and Creep. That was it. Really? Yeah, that's that's yeah. the that's a universal experience. Yeah. Okay, I I she comes with a sure. guitar for free. Yeah, <laughs> so we're gonna get a lot <laughs> of comments
3: asking us to get back to talking about games where people get murdered and not talking about this weed stuff.
1: Well, let's get back to talking about games. Uh, importantly, I wanted to bring up as uh, our wonderful Brian Altano put it on the uh, run of show, uh, the Playstation event on February fifteenth has been announced. Can't wait! Uh, there is a major next gen reveal from Playstation. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, you may have seen going around, there was a weird attempt at uh, fooling us into believing a PlayStation February event was happening from an account that was missing the I, the T was just a capital I or something like that, or the L was an I. If you live
3: in the Bay Area, you might have heard a loud clap followed by a whoop. And then uh, one of my coworkers telling me I was wrong and I fell for a prank and a goof on a fake Twitter website. So F you. (laughs) Play Staten.
1: Uh, Play Staten. (laughs) Play play Staten. Uh, I bring this up and Ryan you put this on the show because we don't want to talk about like especially in a console year there will be nonstop rumors and attempts to trick you. I mean, there's literally, an
3: election year.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just throwing that out there. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Um, what if we decided the PlayStation by a, a coin toss? But anyway, um, topical. Yeah, I think like more than ever, be careful when you're looking around online. Uh, one of my favorite things to now do every day is I go onto the subreddit Gaming Leaks and Rumors. Um, because just to see what people are one trying to pass off and some of the things that like sound sort of reasonable and maybe are true, some of the best guesses and some of the just far fetched stuff, but like that is now happening daily. People are going to be posting. PlayStation invitation images and PlayStation announcements that aren't real.
3: Which is like surprisingly easy to fake because they just used a regular font and they put it over a shot of like a night sky. And I was like, yeah, that's that's believable. If
0: you're looking to make some of these fake invitations yourself, I recommend getting the font The Rave Is In Your Head. That's the PlayStation 4 font. You can find that anywhere on the, on the internet. Just get that one and looking make sure you get written. the... Uh,
2: But if you're yeah, if you're looking at Twitter, um, make sure to like check the pants. (laughs) Check the oh, you're right. Oh yeah, you're right. Uh, (laughs) Check the Twitter handle because I even. Even I saw that, I saw that tweet and I was like, Oh God, it's really happening. It's happening. It's happening. And then I saw like you underneath. You were like, Love my place, Thornton, And like everyone was my, like, My, my,
3: my Nintendo Swanny. Nintendo.
2: <laughs> and, 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 and like someone else was like, Love my Swanny. And I was like, ha that's, that's right, guys. Yeah. You can get the, the names of consoles wrong. And it took me, it took me forever to actually right. figure out that it was fake.
3: Yeah. yeah. Little cheat code here. Like the, it's the uppercase I's, uh, pretend to be L's a lot, mm. number yeah. ones, all that fun stuff. It's just like, yeah, just a quick PSA. Read the Twitter handle. Ex- ex- incredibly close. Click on the thing. If if it says they have 600 followers, that's a mistake because PlayStation would never have 600 followers. That'd be an utter failure. That would be abysmal. Yeah, they would for
4: not be social the top media. selling. <laughs> yeah, content. And it,
2: like if you hear "never gonna give you up," um, that's another bad sign.
3: Yes, that's that means something has gone a goof. <laughs> so be care- just yeah, just be careful out there. Yeah. There's going to be a lot of horse apples getting thrown around this year. There
1: was. Uh they announced a Fortnite competitive esports event for PlayStation only on February 15th. And so I saw people trying to tweet around as a joke, like PlayStation event happening on February 15th, but it was the Fortnite esports. So yeah, you're going to see a lot of that going on. Uh, Obviously wait to hear it from the official sources. And we have a couple small things to talk about this week from PlayStation official sources that came out uh, earlier today as we're recording uh, the day before you're listening to this. So the first thing I want to bring up is that PlayStation has officially launched a PS5 website page. There is now actually a page for the PlayStation 5 where you can sign up for an email uh, to learn about the PlayStation 5, but the filler text there says, quote, We've begun to share some of the incredible features you can expect from PlayStation 5, but we're not quite ready to fully unveil the next generation of PlayStation. Sign up below to be among the first to receive updates as we announce them, including news on the PS5 release date, PS5 price, and the upcoming roster of PS5 launch games. One, wonderful SEO work on that paragraph. Two, I think this definitely means we're farther away than we thought from the reveal event. Um, Them specifically calling out the information we... They know we want with the date, launch games, and price, and saying we're not f- ready to fully unveil to me says eh, not in the next. So, there weeks.
3: is actually a lot of details here if we dig into it. This yes. tells us that there will be more than one launch game.
1: Yes, that <laughs>
3: is confirmed. That is there will confirmed. be multiple games available for yeah. gamers at launch,
1: not just NAC 3. You heard it here first. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's all they've we got. officially. Yeah. We have nothing. That's where we're at right now. Like, that's kind of the weirdness of this console generation more so in the past. Obviously, last gen, in February, we had the PS4 reveal event. Right now, we have a paragraph of filler text on a website.
3: I just, I hate this, like, this, like, trickling out of information stuff where it's like, hey, we found out what the name of one of the two of the new Xboxes is. Okay, what about the other one? How much is it going to be? What can it do? Shh. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> What what's the PS five <laughs>
1: called? Is PS five. Oh, okay. I should have asked the better question. Yeah. <laughs> uh that logo reveal, as we've said before on this the show, was the number one story on the IGN's website that yep.
0: day. The yeah, because I- there were no other stories. There was a couple. A slow time of year.
1: They had like a cool TV at CES. Uh but to <laughs> piggyback <laughs> off of this, there was another bit of PlayStation 5 esque information that I do think we need to parse the language of a little bit. Uh, during. During, excuse me, PlayStation's earnings called Durning, uh, Chief Financial Officer Hiroki Totoki was asked sort of about the transition and the price of the PS5. They were wondering, hey, can you forecast us on what we can expect you to sell this for? There was a long-winded answer to this question that basically doesn't answer it, but sort of does answer some interesting things. There are a lot of words. There are a lot of words. Um, and uh, there's another paragraph that's not quite as related to it. It's sort of about their production cycle, but I will get to the main part of the quote. It's, what is not very clear or visible, it's because we are competing in the space. Uh, competing is the big part there. So it's very difficult to discuss anything about the price at this point of time. And depending upon the price level, we may have to determine the promotion that we are going to deploy and how much cost we are prepared to pay. So it's a question of balance. And because it's a balancing act, it's very difficult to say anything concrete at this point of time. But when I said a smooth transition, uh, referring to the transition between PS4 and PS5, we mean that we will definitely choose the optimal approach and that we would try to have the best balance so that we will be profitable in the life, during the life of this product. Which is to say, that's one hell of an earnings call answer.
2: It's just such, it's so many marketing terms that sort of like ultimately mean nothing it's it's very much like you know when uh refer- like the comment sports commentators are like watching a basketball game they're like sure as a game of two halves you know <laughs> there can be only one winner
4: i mean there like ups I, and
2: downs they're gonna be ups they've, and downs they've played hard but like you know it's uh, of, of course what we're hearing is that they are got to be competitive
1: yes and that they are to me it implies they are not totally settled on price like they are willing to move yeah. it depending on the competition, the Xbox Series X. But it is a matter of who goes first.
3: Yeah. It's, it's got to be a dollar difference. Dollar difference. Dollar it's difference. very much being like at a restaurant with your friend and you're like, what are you, you going to order? Yep. Oh, really? I was going to get the cheese. <laughs> <laughs> I'll order what you're getting now. Well,
1: and the other interesting part of this to me, at least that gives us some sense of it, is that they are willing to have a higher price point but they know that that means they'll have to market it more to convince you why it's worth it. Uh, specifically when they say, uh, we may have to determine the promotion that we are going to pl- deploy and how much cost we are prepared to pay. So essentially, we realize we may have to promote more if it's going to be a tougher sell at a price point. But yeah, that's that's what that infers to me. But essentially, it is a like, hey, we're waiting for those other guys. Just when they say something, we'll we'll say something. Well, Fine. the last
3: time they rolled out with an incredibly high price point and just kind of stumbled being like, you'll buy it. They didn't. Yeah. People did not mm-hmm. buy it. Yep. And so they had to undercut that and price drop the PS3 like that. I think that they are looking at that uh, as a big stain yeah, and trying to avoid doing that again. Um, yeah, I... I I, I have a feeling these are going to be very very expensive machines and I think that Xbox's tactic is going to be undercut Sony by having one that's priced $100 cheaper that's less powerful uh, then also having one that's hundred dollars more that's more powerful. And Sony's gonna be right in the middle being yeah. like, here's our price but yeah. um, it does seem like they're not settled yet. Uh, it's it's a it's a matter of how much they want to dip into their war chest and take a hit at launch um and we've said this a couple times in the show but most consoles are sold at a loss and they make that money back with software and peripherals almost immediately and so it's okay because it's like you'll probably pay 40 dollars more than you should for a controller but 100 or 150 dollars less than you should for a console and so if you buy a few games uh especially digitally where there's no overhead for them to have to pay some brick and mortar store to keep the lights on um They'll make their money back. They'll break even, but that's 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 all sort of a shell game right now. Yeah. So we'll see what happens there.
0: Yeah, hearing such a, a verbose non-answer that is also like using words like competitive is it is nice. It it isn't. It doesn't have this like terse cockiness that suggests that they're like, you know, we're on top of the game. We know what we're doing. Everyone, chill out. We got you know, hold on. You know, we're in mm-hmm. for a ride. It's like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I think that the fact that they've not forgotten about the PS3. Debacle is is very good.
1: Yeah, it it feels like they know their this is not going to be a slam dunk win. They're going to be on top next gen. They've ping ponged back and forth in previous generations, and I think they see. We're going to have to deal with what the competition does, and it really seems to me though that they are like, we'll really wait to see what the competition does, and I do think we're going to be in a bit of a holding pattern at the beginning of the year. Feels like a game of chicken at this yeah. point. Yeah.
3: Yes, absolutely. Yeah.
1: And I uh, do think Xbox will go first. Yeah. Because I think they're bullish about
3: it. What, what's What's odd is that I, you know, I think that we're, we're all sort of hesitant slash apprehensive of the fact that uh, these consoles will eventually move into a dare I say it, mobile phone market, right? Where they're basically rolling out a new model every few years, incremental upgrades and stuff like that. I don't know if Apple sits around deliberating over price because they seem to just roll out stubbornly with some big loud price every year and then people just pay it or do layaway plans or, you know, like I, I pay monthly for my phone yeah, and, too. and then like at the end of every year or two, they're like, here's the new one and it's the same price. And I'd, I'd never really get that sticker shock of dropping $1,200 all at once. And consoles don't always work like that. But, uh, for some odd reason, like mobile companies can get away with these incredibly expensive things, but Apple routinely rolls out like $2,300 laptops. You know, like they put out, they the, one of their like MacBooks could, if you scaled it, got into like what, what was it? It was like, like twenty grand oh, or something I stupid yeah, like was that. Some obscene. It was it was laughable. That's obviously for people who work at like Pixar, right? They're like animating a piece of toast. Uh, but the, for for video game consoles, like they're very specific about a price point, and they have to keep it at that exact thing because otherwise, I think people get scared away for the entire generation.
0: Well, I mean, the key difference is you can you can arguably buy a laptop as a work expense or as a thing you need to do, you know, your schoolwork or for your job or whatever. And a phone is a thing that you carry around and you know, maybe you break it or you, you know, need it to call your mom on Sundays. But like a video game console is it's a luxury. It's a yeah. thing you you can't justify, but it's seeing that we I feel like we've already moved into that that sort of iterative model. And it's been very kind of like low key, the sort of the the, the software has stayed generational. Like we don't have PS four pro games. We still have PS four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're going to have to kind of adapt to that. But what Xbox is saying about there being, oh, it's going to be, you know, what, two years before there are Xbox Series X exclusives, first party anyway. Like that's sort of a different animal where you're getting into, you're, you're moving away from like, if your box is this on the side of it and you buy the game that says this on it, then this will be compatible with it. It's yeah. also
2: such a, like for me, it's such a, it's such a strange console release year because we're not going to have that that uh, Microsoft versus Sony head to head at E3 this year, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be so different and I'm very intrigued as to what we're going to see from Xbox. Cause I, you know, I want to see everything. I want them to play all their cards. Uh, but then, you know, what does that mean? for Sony, do we not hear anything from Sony until like, in terms of price point until after E3? Yeah, mm. It's just like, you know, there's, it's, it's, it's really interesting to see one company just being so sort of Yes, this is what this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna tell you a whole bunch of stuff and this is when. And then Sony being like, Ooh, you'll yeah. never know. Right mm-hmm. now
1: we only know in terms of the like promotion cycle of these two consoles is Xbox will be at E three. That is the only thing we can bank on as a time when we will learn about these new consoles. Yeah. Everything else is up in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: I mean I think another thing we can bank on is that probably once again, Xbox will have zero impact on Japan as a region. And so that's like right out the gate, like something that they're not going to be competing in. Like hearing investors call quotes come out of that country are interesting because it's like they're still deliberating there, but like that's they, they've they already won that territory in terms of that two horse race. They're obviously Nintendo's killing it over there right now, but so is so is PlayStation. Um the other thing that's very odd is like I video games are sort of different than laptops and phones in that they scale down to kids. Like kids want to buy them. And like the idea of I don't know getting my kid a five, my kid's a baby, so she's not getting anything, but getting her a $500, $600 console as a Christmas gift is crazy to me. You know, like that's insane to me. Uh, and so I think that like, they also have to figure out like, how do you get people who like are, 16 and want to buy a video game system
0: also the biggest game in the world right now is arguably fortnite which is free on phones and it's free on playstation but if you already have a phone then how do you sell a new device to somebody who can already play it with a thing they have in their pocket right yeah need you also get, you yeah.
3: don't you don't need the hottest new iphone you can buy one from five or six generations ago or mm. you know you can buy an android for even cheaper you know buy some third-party thing with playstation and xbox it's like do you want to play on their new systems well, you have to get a, a Series X or its little cousin, or and you have to be get a PS5. I
0: mean, I would say the quality of games on phones has kind of skyrocketed since the sort of launch of last gen or current gen. That Ron, mm-hmm. so like this time around, that's got to be something that they're considering to be like, oh, uh, there's people who are playing stuff on their phones that is, you know, it was, it was like it's like Farmville, you know? Yeah,
3: no, I'm, yeah. I've yeah. been playing this game on my DualShock Four uh, connected to my phone on this like little adapter thing called Pascal's Wager. Which is a straight up like Dark Souls clone ripoff. It feels like something that would have been around at the end of last generation, the very beginning of this generation, mm-hmm. graphically. Um,
0: you mean like a game that just came to Switch? Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Sure.
3: And that's it. Feels totally fine. Like I could bring that thing on a plane and bring my, use my PS4 controller. Like that's a stupid way to play video games, yeah. right? It's cumbersome, um, and I'm a huge idiot. Well, the and important a dumb man.
0: thing is that Sony got fifty of your dollars for that DualShock.
3: They did, yeah. Years ago. <laughs> Some
0: third party got the clip and Apple yep. got the $1,200 for the phone. and
3: yep.
1: Everyone wins. Everyone's yeah. happy. Um, yeah, I, I have a feeling we'll have a few weeks of this sort of like, well, PS5 news may come eventually for now, uh, even though I think we are all kind of hoping for something early this year. But in lieu of that, like we said, there's a lot to talk about game-wise for PS4 going on. Uh, as I mentioned, we'll have Dreams coverage coming up in the next couple weeks. March has Neo 2... MLB The Show, uh, Doom, April has uh, FF7 Remake, a few other things, uh, Resident Evil 3, thank you, and then obviously we get into May with The Last of Us Part 2 and so much else happening, so there will be PlayStation things to talk about even if they hold back all of this PS5 news from us. Um, one thing I do want to briefly touch on before we jump into what we're playing is something that, uh, Max brought up, which is a very fun sort of side thing.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, there is this sort of dead time of year and we don't have quite enough to talk about. And so we spin our wheels for, uh, you know, 10 minutes about how the, somebody in a Sony earnings call spun his wheels for 10 minutes and you know what everyone wins. But, uh, the Elden Ring subreddit, the upcoming (laughs) FromSoft game has been very busy, uh, writing about Elden Ring lore. Of which there currently is none, so they've decided to make some up. And it's the most amazing thing. There's a there's a post up on, on EGM that I thought was just like wonderful because it's sort of documenting how this there's this like I feel like the Death Stranding subreddit was kind of doing this, except we had like two years of trailers on like weird Kojima hints right. and stuff. Whereas Elden Ring has had like one sort of teaser and the fact that uh, George R. R. Martin is involved with it. And so people have invented uh bosses entire they're like rank the bosses from like <laughs> from best to worst.
2: I find this so amazing because so you know we see we see headcanon come out of existing properties and as you say even if they're not if a fully fledged game in people's hands you know players seem to know enough to to go from something mm-hmm. but this is just from nothing, yeah. yeah. As
1: the uh, as the story points out from EGM, all we've gotten so far is a two minute and twenty second teaser and an interview from the developers about making this game mm-hmm. from E three last year, and that is it. That's it. That is all that but, exists.
0: I mean, there is enough sort of if you if you are like, oh, what's a FromSoft game, and what's what's a George R. R. Martin lore, and you kind of jam those together, and so there is stuff. There is a character named. Character, I use that loosely, named uh, Glaive Master Hodier, who's <laughs> apparently the first really tough boss. And so people are like comparing notes on strategies. Again, this boss does not exist. There is no lore. No one has said, it. if you Google it, it just comes up with a subreddit and there's fan art. And people are like complaining. They're like, I can't stand the swamp area. And like, the swamp area sucks. And it's like, it's great because it's like, well, you don't have a new FromSoft game to play, so you might as well just.
3: Act like you do. I yeah. guess, you know. I, I oh, like. Well. Lo- I love this so much. It's so funny.
0: It's. Yeah. I love it too.
1: Thing and I think it's again. Sort of, we were talking about the uh, impressiveness of the dreams community. They have a game that they can make things in, but right now, this community who stems from George R. R. Martin fans and FromSoft fans are just making whatever they can in the meantime, and I right. think that's pretty incredible. Yeah, no, that's um, awesome.
3: I should I should join the Bloodborne Two subreddit and read all that fan nonsense yeah, over there because that sounds great. Uh,
1: if you <laughs> do, speaking of this, uh, and then we'll I have another transition ready for that. But speaking of uh, this subreddit and this community popping up, if there's a community you think that's doing something really cool, especially in the world of PlayStation, if there's a subreddit. Reddit or a forum of Sly Cooper fans detailing his family's history, or something weird, something whatever, uh, right into beyond at IGN.com and let us know about those communities because we do want to talk about them and highlight them on the show. Uh, but let's keep the From Soft Train rolling and talk about what we're playing. Brian, what are you playing?
3: Take a guess. <laughs> It's Bloodborne. Yeah,
1: tell yeah. us a little bit about Bloodborne this week.
3: Um, I'm sorry. Well, I,
4: <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. No, no,
3: no, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I I, have to say I'm glad that we're talking about maybe doing a Let's Play series because I saw you put up a poll on your Twitter the other day uh, asking which game you should play, and you didn't list the one that your friends yell at you yep. about every single week, uh-huh. which hurt a little bit. Wait, hold
1: on. We're friends?
3: Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> All right, the show's over. (laughs) This is great. Oh, damn it. (laughs) No, no, no. Of course we are. Um, The uh, Bloodborne has been defeated. I beat it in six days. Um, When did
2: you... Wait, when did you finish it?
3: I started it uh, on a Friday night. Max and I were... Max was texting me about the game, and I put up a tweet being like, oh, damn it, here we go again. (laughs) It's just like the (laughs) opening area. And then six days later, I was like... Oh,
2: this is like your third or fourth run through. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, But still, like completely enthralled just giving me exactly what I'm looking for in 2020, which is like, I don't know. This has been like a crappy year for a lot of people. And I'm, I've been in like a weird funk and I'm doing that thing where I'm like, why don't I play something? That's like, not just comfort food, but comfort food that's, like, really spicy. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, comfort you food also, that pushes you back. You
0: have to, like, hunt it first. Yeah. 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 It's like if they, were, if they made, like, like habanero scorpions. Yes. You like You had to fight them and you kill them. You to fight them, fight and them and then, kill them, but then yeah. when you
3: beat them, you're like, I'm satisfied. Yeah, that was a good Um treat. And so I did a thing this time around where, quick PSA, if you've never played Bloodborne, come on. Please play Bloodborne. <laughs> but... uh you can't, you can access the DLC, which you should buy because it's amazing. Um, do not wait to beat the game to do that. I did that this time around out of stupidity. I think because I got very excited towards the end. Beating the last boss of the game, uh, or second to last boss sort of initiates a point of no return. And, uh, I rolled the credits. I got the best ending in the game, which I got from eating three umbilical cords in a field like a sick dude. And then, uh, Credits rolled, started New Game Plus, and then realized, oops, I didn't do the DLC. Everything is a little bit harder in New Game Plus. I think it goes up to like New Game Plus 6 or 7 or 8 before it caps out at difficulty. Like it gets incrementally harder. So you can just keep looking for more habanero scorpions until on, on they're ghost pepper scorpions. Your, your PlayStation basically.
0: actually grows legs and then crawls out of the wall and hangs itself with its own cord because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's yeah. tired
3: of
2: you. The, <laughs> hey, I did exactly the same thing, but I, I, beat, I beat Bloodborne way before the DLC came out right. and I did the same thing with the umbilical cords got the best ending I was like woo um and then you know and then you still got to play more it's harder yeah. and then you get yeah. to the DLC and I sort of wish that I'd had the full package like from the very beginning
3: yeah yeah, so I'm, I'm like tiptoeing through the DLC now. I'm about halfway through it. It's like thoroughly kicking my ass in a good way that feels, uh, surmountable, <laughs> if, <laughs> if that's a saying. Um, where I can go, back, I can go in and sort of like kill a bunch of dudes and then level up a little bit back out and go back in. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm on new game plus now, trying different weapons, upgrading different parts of it, um, playing with a slightly different fighting style. And it's just like, I just love it. I just love it so much. It's giving me everything I need right now. It's been, really fun Max and I text in the mornings about like bosses we're fighting and stuff like that and yeah it's great. It's
2: the only game I've ever considered getting a tattoo around. Yes. Haven't settled on it.
3: Yeah. But that, that mean like just the wheels that, are turning. The one logo would be really cool somewhere. So I uh I had a perfect Bloodborne moment last
0: night. Uh I feel like this feels like a weird support Bloodborne group. Cast. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, No, so like I was stuck on ROM for like, I I do this thing where I'll get up into a point where I get stuck on a boss and it basically when it funnels you into like one area and you just, it it just, it it stops being fun and it gets frustrating and frequently, I don't know, I play for a few months out of the year and then I get sidetracked and go somewhere else and all the progress I've made in terms of actually knowing how to play the game kind of goes out the window and I have to kind of like, you know, get back in shape a little bit um but yeah so i went in last week i talked about (laughs) how i beat rom the bad spider who was mean to me and i did not like i did not like to go to the lake to fight the spiders beat that with the help of somebody named after the uh monkey d luffy from one piece oh yeah which is like again was just making me think of like those those pirates from that anime which is like not bloodborne at all
3: side note the trick with rom i found this morning when i killed him on new game plus is that don't lock on with him uh, which is bizarre because you do that with every enemy and then just put bolt paper on all your crap and just whip him real good
0: Anyway, so I got past Ram and I was like, okay, well then it's it's fun again. It's new stuff to explore, new stuff to go check out. And then the, the one after that is is basically like a if you made I uh, I don't know like a, an entire like centaur praying mantis out of corpses. <laughs> yeah, it's
3: horrible. And I just like I
0: was before bed last night. I was like about to go to go to bed really early because I was tired. I was like, ah, I've been sort of messing around. There's an entire street full of these like. Again, they're like treasure chests that are like barfing corpses. It's entire corp- it's <laughs> is it's the corpse the corpse district. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's like, horrible. I, I, it's burned in my memory. Corpse it's district. some of the most horrible, horrible mm-hmm. stuff in that game. And I was yeah. like, my wife's like, "Hey, uh, you gonna come to bed?" And I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna go. I'm just gonna check out this boss." And I'm like, "I'm just gonna go see it, and I'm inevitably gonna die, and I'm just gonna get out of there, and then I'm, you know, and I go in and I kick its ass first try. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, There it is.
4: There's that. There's Bloodborne. Is that I bubble magic? And I'm
0: just like, I'm completely wired. I'm like, this is probably not a good thing to do before bed. I'm like <laughs> running around in the kitchen, I was very excited about I it. I was <laughs> playing it too.
3: My wife's in the other room yelling at me. Like, Come we need to we need to get our wives a bloodborne. Yeah. Like what is their bloodborne that they know. can so that we can play I mean, our I, bloodborne.
0: My wife is playing The Witcher on Switch. She's like, I'm gonna go in there and try to beat someone at Gwent. I'm like, Okay, I've found <laughs> that I'm gonna go f- fight this autopsy. Yeah. She awesome. loves
1: Spelunky, right? Yeah, So when Spelunky two comes out?
0: So her her whole thing I've talked about this is like she gets she's got like horrible like I don't know depth perception or like idiot's eyes or something but she gets like queasy at the littlest things so if I like scroll through Netflix too fast she's like ah I can't look at that but she will also like totally wreck shop at a 2d game yeah but bloodborne is it's like 95 percent somersaults and moving as fast as you possibly can so it's sort of like yeah. probably not for
2: why her. do you yeah. keep rolling
3: yeah. <laughs> it's also never got a, a pro patch there's like wild chromo- chromatic aberration nonsense going on and like yeah. yeah it's
0: god it's such a good game though but it's great. so good and i'm like i don't know there's this feeling of like hey i'm making some progress here i'm getting there you know and i'm having a great time and fighting werewolves in a horrible place and getting getting to go fight some... I found out the next part has lots of spiders, so I'm I'm looking forward to those eight-legged
1: (laughs) F-words. Lucy, have you been playing Bloodborne? I have not. I
2: uh, actually started, and I know I'm so late to the party, as late to party as you are with Bloodborne. uh, Mm -hmm. Kentucky Route Zero, I started. Yes, yeah. Um, Yeah, right. I I mean, I just want to, you know, everyone knows that it exists. Everyone knows it's five... Uh, but I do want to say, if you haven't played it already, now's a great time to pick it up because obviously you can play the full, like, all of the, the acts are all together now. It tells the full story. Um, it's such a, like, a moody, beautifully written little game that sort of, ooh, it was just what I needed to play this month. How you many know? acts
1: are you in? I'm only
2: two acts in. Okay. Uh, but it is, it is just so my. It's word yeah you know what i mean it's just very it's very it's very uh sort of night veil vale, uh twin pixie yeah uh esoteric don't know where it's gonna go don't know the next place it's gonna take me want to return to that world when i'm away from it so i'm really really enjoying it that's awesome yeah, yeah. So that's- it
3: says a lot about uh, all of us that we're playing stuff like that yeah. now yeah and not like halloween time but like now in january when you're supposed to be like running or Yeah. Eating healthy.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Uh wonder what do you think? Running uh, Got a I, Megazord costume. I do have a Megazord costume and having a lot of fun in Fortnite. Uh, they have a mode where you just get all the legendary item uh, weapons immediately. There's just no low level guns, so everyone dies in like three shots. And it's very oh
3: that kicks out. And
1: I, <laughs> and I got, I, my girlfriend was playing, and then she got down to it was literally a squad of four other people and her left in the match, and she freaked out and didn't want the pressure, so she handed the controller to me, and I systematically was able to take out all four of them, <gasps> and it was this like moment where in the middle of it, it was like I got one guy down with a rocket launcher I got another guy down with a sniper and I'm in the middle of it and I'm like don't mess this up don't mess this up like you're not great at this game but do this yeah I killed all four of them and it was just like the most amazing relieving moment it was so So awesome Um, yeah there have been some really really fun tense moments in that game that I've been loving it more and more uh, the more we play see you're Um, not depressed you're playing Fortnite (laughs) (laughs) there's a field there's treasures Uh, there's uh, my Megazord costume and I'm very actually excited for the seasons to change but I also decided to jump back in since it is is light on the big release calendar to Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, As I've said on the show, I never beat the campaign. I never played Frozen Wilds. I got very close to the end and then just got sidetracked. So I want to go back through, but it's been so long. Uh, I tried jumping into a late mission, just got my butt kicked. Uh, so I thought I'd start over from the beginning, get used to all the mechanics again, re-explore the story and the characters and everything, and I'm maybe five or six hours in, uh, maybe a little later, and I, yeah, that game, first of all, it is stupidly pretty. I'm playing mm-hmm. on 4K, um, mm-hmm. HDR and everything, which I didn't play when I first played it, and I'm having the same problem I did back then, where I can't stop going into photo mode. <laughs> and yeah, I, just, yeah. like, I can't stop taking photos, because there are so many amazing moments, and there's so much great art Design in that world whether it's the enemies or the environment or a or just like these small moments that you can pick up and the fact that you can change the time of day in that world to any moment in the 24-hour cycle and you can just get the most beautiful shots
3: that about. has like one of the best video game photo modes
1: yeah it is incredible and it playing through that game is just like the stunning reminder of wow this game it's still i think one of the most beautiful games i've ever played it. i'm
3: i'm really uh itching to try that game again yeah um i almost 100% of it first time around i i know i got all the stupid coffee cups and all that the mugs <laughs> yeah um i, I miss like one part of the power armor which i'm furious about i want to go oh, back yeah. and get um and I, I did the frozen wild stuff
1: i was looking that up after you said that and i realized there is one bit of that final armor that you have to get during a cutscene not a cutscene, but during a scripted moment right and if you don't get it it's in an area that locks off until you beat the game yes so i just have to go through the campaign and beat it
3: until yeah, yeah, yeah yeah so i probably have to so, do the same thing no
1: yeah it's it's just an interesting thing um, I, I can
3: still hear the map music in that game by the way like yeah. when you hit the when you hit the button to bring up the map. oh yeah or lack of music is just sort of like that's this. That's
1: sort of like haunting. Yeah,
3: it's like this ambient wind chimey nonsense. Yeah, um, it's like the, if I a I cloud could sing. Yeah, yeah. oh, Isn't
1: that's that
2: beautiful. The, the amount of times
3: I try to set a waypoint only to be like greeted by like some weird slant and alloy couldn't get up it and, <laughs> and, try um, to, and fake my way up anyway.
2: I like I, I th- that that one was so interesting because again I reviewed it so many years ago, um, but with such a blank slate of a game, like we knew. We knew we played it. I played it at, at E3, and I was like, "This looks really cool." But you know, you, you sort tr- of trust an E3 demo to be an E3 demo, right. not necessarily indicative of a, a full game, especially yeah. one of that scope. Um, and I remember playing it, and you know, no one else. I didn't. I didn't know who what other reviewers were playing it, and I was just like, a, When you're reviewing a game, you're sort of reviewing it in this vacuum, and like you, you can only trust your own instincts and your own sort of taste uh and i remember there was just sort of i was five hours in and i was just like this is a this is an amazing game this is this is like top tier yeah and it was such a delightful surprise because again you know i gorilla kind of had something to prove because they'd only made the Killzone series before.
0: I think that was a big part of people going into it, sort of not knowing what to expect. Mm. Killzone's always been like, that's fine, you know. Yeah, so like, it's get mad totally for saying that. No, no, like, no,
1: but well, yeah. especially coming off of Shadowfall, yeah. which I think was technically brilliant, like beautiful to look at, but was not what people wanted. But e-
2: but even, but even um, with its uh, past games, you know, regardless of quality, uh, Horizon was so different to anything that they'd done before. Right. Yeah. Uh, that was the thing that kind of threw me. I was like, this could, this does not feel like it was made by Gorilla And it made me really excited for Gorilla as a studio yeah. in, a, in a whole new light.
1: It did really feel like an evolution for them. And yeah, going back to it, the thing that I've noticed the most is, cause I do remember playing a large bulk of that game. And by the end of where I was playing, kind of trying to brute force the combat and just like shoot as many arrows as possible and just take them down instantly. But it really is like you need to set ...hunting traps, you Mm. need to plan out... ...and the idea, like even just the first... ...sawtooth battle that you get in the game... ...where you're training, uh, where Aloy is training... ...and you're like, okay, I think I can put... ...an electric trap here, and then here... ...and then draw it around this way, and then I'm able to... ...knock off those plates once Mm -hmm. it's down. Like, There is this methodology... ...to the combat that is... ...really unique and really fun... Uh, ...even when some of the world itself... like ...it's such a flexible and open gameplay style... ...as opposed to the open worldness... ...which I think unfortunately... Doesn't hold up quite as well as the combat, especially when it came out, you know, two weeks apart from *Climb Anywhere*, *Breath of the Wild*.
3: Yeah, I was gonna, I was gonna say that's that's definitely an aspect that's weaker in, but like in terms of like competing in the 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 mind space for all of us, like. Horizon totally held its own yeah. against oh, Breath yeah. of the Wild. Yeah. Like The fact that years later we're still talking about it and we want to play it again and like we're itching for a sequel. There's a lot of like open world games that have gone head to head with bigger open world games that we never speak of again. Mm-hmm. Prototype. Um, I can't remember them. Yeah, Prototype. Yeah. That's a good example, right? Um, but I think, I think Horizon really held it down, um, yeah. especially being... On PlayStation you know where it didn't have to go head-to-head with 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 Breath of the Wild but uh, playing those those two games back-to-back was definitely jarring because they do a lot of things different and some things better than others and on each side uh, but I'm really glad that both of them were tremendously successful yeah and that we will absolutely get sequels to both
1: yeah horizon has sold tremendously well and I think we're all kind of just waiting for the day gorilla announces horizon Two, whatever it gets called um, but yeah I'm having a blast I am intending to platinum it and at least beat all the way through the campaign and everything um, and and if you guys are down, I'd love to be able to like talk about it a little bit more if you want to replay some of it. Maybe yeah, later totally. This month, Sounds great. And uh, play some of it. So if you at home also want to play a little bit of Horizon, I think we'll try to talk about it a little bit more in depth. Obviously full of spoilers and whatnot. It's been a few years since it came out, but we'll try mm-hmm. to talk a little bit more in depth about that and hopefully in the future more PS4 games yeah we
3: we, we're talking about not necessarily like a full-fledged book club but sort of revisiting some of the stuff from this generation to not only celebrate the ps4 but also kind of give us an idea of where stuff will go fundamentally in the next gen like watching how Ghosts of tsushima will operate after you know maybe revisiting infamous and playing a few few hours of that uh checking out horizon and being like oh what could the sequel do like you know You know you know
0: what's gonna be weird is checking out horizon after death stranding because they're running in the same engine with the same... Right, right. Yeah.
3: Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. So I think we definitely want to do that, and as Brian was saying, uh, sort of do this on a repeating basis throughout the course of the year when we can find the time for them. But uh, for now, the official Beyond Book Club game of the month is Horizon, so... Start playing a little bit of that, and we'll definitely talk about that as we get further into the month. Uh, as we wrap up the show, I want to briefly jump in, since I know we're running short on time, on one memory card story. Uh, memory card, of course, is our weekly segment where you, the listeners and viewers at home, write in with your weird, funny, wacky, sad, happy, whatever memories of your PlayStation life and we read them on the show uh we're gonna read one this week it comes from matt matt wrote in to beyond like you can with the subject line memory card and said hi all with all the next gen talk and rumors of a possible ps5 event in the coming months it got me thinking of the ps4 event from february february 2013 i was in college at the time drawing naked people as part of a life drawing class we i've were, been there we yeah. were the al- drawing part it's less <laughs> one than it sounds oh we were allowed to listen to music during the class so i had the event going on my phone and my professor <laughs> my professor didn't Seem to care. (laughs) Just the audio and occasional glances were awesome and got me really excited about the console. To this day, I can't hear Monster Hospital without thinking about the pretty reflections and fire and kill zone in a room full of PlayStation logos. I hadn't really been into PlayStation before this, but it's definitely convinced me to jump on board, and I'm so glad I did. If it's not obvious, what were you all doing during the event, Matt asks. Also, my prediction for the Horizon Zero title, uh, sequel title, Horizon First Dawn. I
3: That's was nude modeling for an art class, <laughs> and <laughs> this one guy just kept looking at his phone instead of me, which I thought Weird. was incredibly rude. No, uh, I was working here, I believe.
1: Yeah? Yeah. 13?
3: Yeah, so I think we were getting, we're, maybe we were getting pings from from people uh, on site. Uh, you were working here too, right?
2: I was working here, but I remember this very vividly. I was working in the Australian office, and I'm pretty sure our internet was down. <laughs> like you know, like the old Aussie, like the old adage that Australian internet sucks. <laughs> um, so I sort of just remember seeing like like little snippets of it, but not the full thing because it kept going down. Yeah, that's my story.
1: <laughs> Max, do you know where we're- I was
0: at? Rev Revision Three. We're we doing Rev Three game stuff, and I think we did like a pre and post show for that. I don't remember I don't I don't even know.
1: I was following IGN's coverage at that time because I was um I was in college I was the editor of my school newspaper at the time so I was probably like in the office working uh on the next issue of the the newspaper Kids News. Yeah, Kids News. Mm. Um all the all the children's news you can read uh at NYU. But uh no, so I I remember like vividly watching <laughs> that whole conference via the ign coverage of it um it, because conference watching was always such a big thing that i very much associated with ign and we're just we're just rolling right past it um I'm sorry
3: kids news is the funniest Kids' thing news is very
1: good uh it's
3: basically what we do here the
1: one dumb console uh Reveal event thing I've done similar to this was when the Wii was revealed to D3 mm. uh, and they did this like huge presentation for it. it was the first time. So they're showing people like ducking, going crazy, playing Red Steel and like someone shooting and someone playing Wii Sports. I ripped the video file from IGN, downloaded it onto my iPod video and. And would watch it on the bus ride to school in the months after because I was so excited. Do
3: you remember how many times so on during the launch of the Nintendo Wii you had to jump behind your couch yep. to pick off shots in red steel? No. No, no one ever did that. No. no one ever did that. You
1: sat or like laid down and just did like a quick flick of your wrist and that's yeah. how you played um, that
3: game, damn
1: it. Yeah. Anyway, thank you so much uh, <laughs> for writing in. If you want to write in for a memory card story, you can write into beyond.ign.com with the subject line memory card. And I'm going to keep that rolling with another way you can write into beyond.ign.com, which is for our newer segment, That One Thing. We debuted this last week. Uh, but basically, you can write into beyond.ign.com with the subject line, That One Thing, and we'll read your. Th- the thing in a game that you love that really just stuck with you and made that game such a core part of your love of gaming. Uh, we'll read those out on the show. Obviously give spoiler warnings when we need to. Like with this one, sort of, it's a puzzle solution spoiler, kind of. Uh, this is for The Witness, Barbara wrote into beyond at IGN.com and said, "'Greetings and beyond. I spent a good portion of my run over the weekend thinking about that one thing in each game I've played, but this one from The Witness was the best for me. My boyfriend and I played through The Witness over the summer, and we'd share the experience by handing off the controller to each other every few puzzles. I admittedly wasn't entirely into the game at first. I thought the scenery was beautiful and the puzzles were interesting, but it was this moment that I'm about to share that pulled me in for the next 60 hours, and again, puzzle solution spoilers for The Witness.' As we walked up the mountain in search of new areas to explore, we looked at the river below and saw that it resembled the start of the puzzles we'd been solving. At the same time, we both had the idea to try to trace the river as we would one of the other puzzles. We were in disbelief as we traced the curve of the river and then watched the shimmery little particles glide to the nearest obelisk upon completion. Holy cow, those environmental puzzles were so cool, and we were psyched that the river was the first one we discovered. Great show. Keep up the great work, Barbara. And yeah, that was a big thing for me. I really loved The Witness when I first played it, but that moment where you realize... The whole world is a puzzle. I love
0: that part so much. Yeah. yeah, that is like that is such a that is such a wonderful little thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I wish that that game was almost entirely that stuff and less of like the square puzzles where you're like, there's a whole world around me, but here I am looking at a little, yep. little thing.
1: Yeah, there, there's a level where it goes to for those bigger puzzles that I wish was more part of it. But yeah, there's there's a lot of fun moments when I played that game. The there's one set of puzzles that's just entirely audio based. Um, in there. Oh, I remember. And I remember I could not figure out a, a certain puzzle and I brought my roommates at the time into the room with me. And I was like, so it's going like dot, dot, blank, dot, but what if it was dot, blank, dot, dot? And I'm like trying to figure out the way to go and they're just looking at me like I'm insane. Cause it's just a, you see a bunch of reeds, like there's no right. puzzle to look at. So you're just trying to figure it out. I'm like, what are you talking
2: about? <laughs> The witness was such a strange like mishmash of, of, oh god, the beauty of video games. This is like unlike any game I've played before. Oh, you know, like I, I'm suddenly spiritual (laughs) and just like oh I'm so stupid Yeah, I'm so stupid why can't I get this yep yeah
0: my my wife played that with Alana Pierce who used to be on the show and they I think they they were both stuck on something and they just decided to team up and just finish it together and so they had like they had like like crazy people notes everywhere they were like <laughs> scratch paper they were taking they, little... the
2: community like name thing
0: yeah yeah, yeah yeah no it was that but they were taking um pieces of graph paper and cutting them up with like a razor blade to make like little line shapes to try oh, to wow. align them accordingly and like i swear if you dig through my like coffee table like the drawer inside it you will find like remnants of witness puzzle solutions <laughs> kicking around in that's
1: there. amazing uh, yeah, obviously that game affected us in a lot of those ways, and it's great to hear from you, Barbara, that it did for you as well. If you want to write in with that one thing that really stuck with you from a game, write into beyond at IGN.com with that subject line, and we'll read those on the weeks and months to come. But uh, that brings us to the end of this episode. Yeehaw. Uh, thank you so much for listening it's and or sunset. watching this episode, uh, Beyond episode 629. Beyond is normally live every Wednesday at 3pm Pacific at beyond.IGN.com youtube.com slash IGN uh, beyond, excuse me, and your favorite podcast services. When we're not recording the show, of course, we are on ign.com making videos and words and wonderful Photoshops and all the things that we do here. So please check out all of that. Uh, anything you guys want to tell that you've been working on recently before we wrap up? Silence. Oh, so up no,
2: already. I just liked ugh. a Anyways.
0: lot. A lot. Oh, yeah, wait, wait, wait. We did a thing. We did a video over the weekend. It it was a video version of a a, uh, very stupid article we did where we Photoshopped a bunch of Xbox Series X color schemes and collector's editions that we want to see. Yes. It's very silly.
2: Oh, also, I I do have something. (laughs) Um, By the time this episode goes live, uh, it'll be on the site. Uh, We got this amazing developer, Adrian uh, Newell. He, like, tweeted out this whole sort of thread about what it was like to work on a game for four years and it never never be released and just kind of like the heartache and like the highs and lows of that oh, and, wow. and all of the the crazy journey that he went through. Um and that will be live tomorrow and I will tweet it out. Uh awesome. so please please read it. Because yeah. it, is, it is a journey.
1: That's great. Uh, and also for me, we started a new weekly show. Uh, if you're not tired of hearing me talk about PS5 on this show, uh, Ryan McCaffrey, myself, and Damon Hatfield are on a new show called Next Gen Console Watch 2020. It's sort of set up like a political coverage watch, uh, and we'll be breaking down the newest uh, Next Gen news every week with guests and from the team as well as outside people. So definitely stay tuned to that show. Uh, we had a lot of fun making the first episode, and we're very excited for stuff we've got coming up in the next few few weeks so definitely keep an eye out for you that you
0: guys should wear suits
1: i think we will you should
0: guys should I wear little business happen. suits and look yeah. like you're in the real the real espn just the top or though. the cnn or whatever it's called whatever grown-up Whoever shows kids news results.
2: kids news uh sorry it wasn't adrian newell is adrian novell sorry about that just a correction thank
3: you how dare you
1: before we get corrected for next week's episode thank you for that uh and anyway thank you so much for listening and are watching to this episode thank you all for joining me this episode and thank you red for producing this one uh thank you for joining us and as always uh, Max, what's in your pocket? I was getting there. I was gonna do a. I was gonna do a. While he's ramping
3: fine. up, I also want to issue an apology for stating it was January. It's actually February. Sorry. That's
1: true. Yeah, we messed up there. What do you got in your pocket?
0: It's real weird. <laughs> it's, it's our coworker Dan Parker's house keys, <laughs> and it has a Lego minifig of his fiance on it. But what? She doesn't have arms, and she's wearing a shirt with feces on it. It's <laughs> horrible.
1: What? Wow, what that is keys? that is horrible. Yeah. Did you steal them or were they voluntarily given to? I'm you? gonna feed his cats. Oh, okay, that makes oh, sense. Okay.
0: But I—he's—I feel like I was expecting like you know loaner keys, and he's like, "Here's my fiance with no arms." I was like, "All right, <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm definitely not gonna mess with your cats, <laughs> lunatic." Beyond. Beyond. Beyond.
4: Beyond.